0: You can build an impressive short-term rental business from the ground up with a little help from John and Jeanette. These successful Airbnb and Verbo hosts have experienced and documented the blood, sweat, and tears it can take to really stand out from the pack.
1: Welcome to Stand Out. Hey
0: everybody, it's John. And Jeanette. And welcome to Stand Out Hosting. Today we're going to take a deep dive into staging your home and getting ready for photography, and the actual photography of your short-term rental, Verbo or Airbnb home as well. You're here listening to our podcast today because you want your home, your property, to stand out. And to do that, you've got to have super awesome, beautiful, inviting, and pleasing images on your listings. I think we we can all agree on that. And in order to get those pictures, just to get going, you've got to stage your home to look its very best, and to look like you want people to imagine that home and to where they can see themselves in that home. You know, they're going to be on these sites looking at hundreds of homes in some cases. We want to wow them, capital W-O-W. We want to wow these folks. There's hundreds and thousands of properties out there. You need to stand out. Again, that's why we call our show Stand Out Hosting. But before you get started, you're going to have to take a step back and get ready for that photography day by staging your property.
1: That's right, so here are some tips for staging your vacation rental property before photography. First of all, don't misrepresent your home or space. If your renters show up and it doesn't look as nice as the pictures, uh, they're going to be disappointed. So remember, you want to surprise and delight your guests. You don't want them to be disappointed.
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's a killer for the reviews. Uh, we've seen those reviews with other homes before. You know, it didn't look like the pictures. Pictures avoided some mammoth thing in the front yard that they shot around, et cetera.
1: Yeah, that's a given. Next clear the clutter. So before taking any photos, make sure your rooms sparkle. Make sure all the surfaces are clean, including your floor, so that everything looks its best. So next, uh, obviously you want beautiful decor. So make sure it's beautiful, it's tasteful, and make sure it's enhancing your photos. So we've already talked a lot about decor in previous podcasts, so you should be set here. Next lighting, make sure your lights are turned on, open your curtains and blinds, let that natural light in. We've already talked a lot about lighting in previous podcasts, uh, so you should be in good shape here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you're shooting your own shots, give yourself a, a fighting chance, turn the lights on. Now, if you, if you do hire a professional, and we're going to talk about that, they actually may come in and turn all the lights off. So just if that happens, don't worry, that's uh, the interior lights not matching the color temperature of the natural light, and that'll give them nightmares. But they're shooting professionally. They they know what they're doing.
1: Yes. I was really surprised when our pro photographer made uh, turned all the lights off. But hey, they turned out so well. So they know what they're doing. Okay. So let's move on. Um, obviously, you want everything to look nice and neat. Keep everything straight. So what I mean is, for example, your bar stools. They should be lined up neatly along the bar. Your dining chairs, they should be arranged symmetrically around the dining table. Pictures should be hanging straight. Make sure the towels in the bathroom are hanging nice and straight and, or you know, are folded neatly. These little details will make a big difference in your pictures.
0: We're actually going to talk at the end of this episode, a little bonus. We, we did a little research on uh, 20 homes just at random that came up on the listings in our area. And that was one of the things we made notes on, Jeanette, you guys will hear about, but that, you know, the towel's on the rack, but it looked like somebody just used it, you know, to dry off.
1: Yeah, it's really off-putting when you see that in a picture. So just think about those little things ahead of time and you should be good to go. Let's move on. Um, Some other things to think about. If you could capture the seasons, uh, for example, if you have a garden, you might want to highlight all the pretty flowers and trees and they look different at different times of the year. Uh, For the winter, you might show your home with snow and some mugs of hot chocolate, or maybe you have a hot tub and you can, you know, show a fluffy robe and a glass of wine. In the summer, uh, you might want to show a picture of the pool with some beach towels and a couple of cute bikes ready to be taken out for a spin. You know, you want to paint a picture here with these pictures. Also, um, you want to show how the space can be used. So for example, set the dining room table with pretty placemats, some plates, napkins, glasses, arrange a game on a table with a bowl of popcorn, maybe provide a bucket of beers with some limes on the outside patio, Uh, arrange some delicious pastries and coffee cups on the kitchen counter, or maybe on the porch where they might enjoy their morning breakfast.
0: Yeah. I'll just warn you, you taking pictures of food can be tricky. It's actually one of the most difficult uh, things to photograph. But again, if you're working with a professional, you'll be fine. If you're doing it yourself, uh, please uh, not half-eaten food like we saw in our research today.
1: Also, be careful about the foods and drinks and things you leave out. Make sure it doesn't look like you're going to do that for everyone. You're just sort of setting the stage, showing them how the space is used. Next, you also want to make sure you're showing off your unique amenities. Guests love to stay in spaces with character. So call attention to details like your fireplace, artwork, maybe you have a backyard pool or a nice barbecue area. Also, if you're providing individual shampoos, conditioners, soaps, etc., make sure you include a picture of them arranged nicely in the bathroom. Maybe put them on a pretty tray so they can see the little extras that you're going to provide for them. If you're going to provide pool toys, surfboards, beach chairs, things like that, maybe take a picture of the cabinet where you're going to store them so they can see everything that you are providing. They know what to expect and they know where to find it. This may sound obvious, but you really want to highlight your focal points. These are the areas that will catch the eye of potential guests, such as the living room, bedroom, kitchen.
0: Yeah, also the, you know, the exterior. If your exterior is nice, there's some highlights out there, some focal points to catch.
1: Oh, absolutely. Don't forget to take pictures of the outside of your space. So some little things to keep in mind. Put the toilet seat down. Iron or steam out the wrinkles. This is a big one, actually. Um, In pictures, they really pick up little things like wrinkles, embedding, sheets, your curtains. So get out the steam iron um, and get those little wrinkles out, and it'll just make all the difference in your pictures.
0: Particularly when you're doing HDR photography or bracketing that we're going to talk about and kind of that post-production of really bringing things together things like wrinkles or we mentioned earlier, scratches, uh, even like wood grains and stuff really get highlighted like way more than real life. And so if your bed's a little bit wrinkled by the time the pictures are up on the site and, the you know, Vrbo or Airbnb site, it's going to look like the grand Canyon.
1: Pay attention to mirrors. Uh, you don't want to show up in your photos or, you know, maybe you have a backpack or a purse or something laying around and that gets picked up with your mirrors. That will not look good so just pay attention to that also your sight lines Uh, when you take a picture can you see the neighbor's trash bins through the window maybe there are telephone poles you don't want them in your shot but be honest don't photoshop fake views
0: yeah i mean you know if your kitchen looks out on a brick wall three feet away that's okay that's your house that's what you got don't photoshop a you know beach view on your kitchen and have your guests show up and see a brick wall that that's not okay. The brick wall's fine, but uh to jeanette's point don't don't invent views so let's transition to The photography side. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might be here just for this portion. You might be here for the staging because you've hired a professional. And if you did that, we're both clapping for you right now because honestly, you know, now that your house is staged and you're ready to get those pictures done, our first choice would be for you to then, you know, go out on house, go to Facebook and ask some friends, go to Google, find some real estate photographers in your area and get a professional.
1: Yeah, anybody could, you know, take their iPhone and take pictures, but you want to stand out. That's what this is all about. So go that extra mile, get a pro and you will, I promise you will stand out.
0: So that is not the end of the podcast because we are, we promise to go through the photography process and we're going to do that. And I am, uh, as you may or may not know, also do photography as part of my job.
1: Yeah, I was pretty surprised when you hired a photographer instead of doing it yourself since you do this all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I decided, or we decided, let's just take our own advice here. And even though I'm really good with a camera, both still and video, and I do that during my day job, when it comes to real estate, uh, it's it's just a different animal than what I'm used to shooting. Number one, but the other thing is, you know, these folks shoot real estate every day; they're better at this than I am. They will see things. This is a huge one. They will see things that you won't see, and you know this from your normal home or your your everyday home where you know, you, you, there's, there's something in the home. I don't even know what it is. There's something in the home that you, you don't see, but your neighbors see because you're there every day and that kind of stuff. Having that extra set of eyes and ears and opinions to say, you know, I think maybe if the, maybe if this, this uh, blanket was kind of folded this way, that would be really cool. And maybe if that ugly silk flyer weren't in the shot, maybe that would help. Uh, you know, you're getting free advice. You're getting free staging help. And again, they know how to shoot real estate. And we're going we're gonna to do a deep dive in that. This is not the end of the podcast. We are going to walk through the process, partly in case you are going to try to do it yourself, but also because we want to make sure that the pro you hire is actually doing the right things for you in this shoot. In our research on these, these 20 random homes that we looked at today um, and kind of rated and made some data points on. There were some that I'm pretty sure a a pro was involved, but they were still bad, and they didn't do some of the things that we're going to talk about. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and go through the process. We're going to do a deep dive. And again, Jeanette, your job is to uh, pull the reins back if I get too too geeked out here, if you will. So cameras and smartphones, cameras and iPhones, they're good cameras. Let's let's be honest. Um, You shoot, you know, you're at the beach, and you shoot your daughter playing in the waves, you have an amazing shot. However, when you're shooting real estate, they're not good enough. Sorry. Sorry, Apple and whatever out there, Android. Uh, They're just not good enough. And because you're listening to this podcast, we know you want to stand out and be the best. You don't have the control on an iPhone for the most part, to control some of the things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about bracketing. We're going to talk about HDR.
1: Wait, wait, wait. What's HDR?
0: We're going to talk about that in just a minute, I promise. First thing, get your hands on a good camera, call in some favors. That guy you helped move with your pickup or whatever, that's a friend of yours that has a good camera. Uh, you can also use sites. Uh, one of my favorite, there's a website called borrowlenses.com. Uh, spoiler alert, you don't get to borrow them. You have to rent them. But... Camera, lenses, both of which you can rent on there. You know, not a ton of money, a lot less than buying my camera gear is probably somewhere in the nine to ten thousand dollar range for the, the camera, the lens, and some of the stuff that hooks onto it. Um, you could probably rent that for, you know, 75 bucks or something like that if you just insist on doing this yourself through borrowlenses.com. Or again, better bet, 50 bucks with a pizza and beer to your friend who has the same thing. That works too. You're going to need an SD card, that's a little. It's kind of a larger version of what's in your little cell phone. uh, And it's basically memory that goes into the camera. That's your film. I use air quotes. That's your film. And then if you're really insistent on doing this yourself or you just want to know how to do it so you can keep an eye on your photographer, spend an hour or so once you get that camera in your hands, jump on YouTube. Make sure you kind of know your way around the menus and how to get around that camera because some of the stuff we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, it's this is not point and shoot stuff. It's just not, which is, again, why we keep coming back to hire a photographer. So you need a tripod. Uh, buy one, rent one, borrow one, whatever you want to do. But part of the magic trick with shooting these short-term rental verbal Airbnb properties, the way I'm going to talk about them is you need a tripod because you can't be moving around for, for lots of reasons. So let's talk about that. For one is real estate has a lot of straight lines. And so we're going to talk in a minute about where you should shoot from in the kind of in the up and down space. But if you're on a tripod and you get set up, you have the time and, and patience and to look at your angles. Does it look good? Does it look weird? We've all seen those shots. that looks like the haunted house. Everything kind of converges at the top. Maybe it goes the other way. Everything's sort of fat at the top and skinny at the bottom. You want nice straight lines. Jeanette just had you straighten all the chairs and straighten the pictures up. Make sure your, your camera's straight. It also forces you, when you're on a tripod, to see what's in the scene. That's when you need to take a breath, kind of like the mirror uh, discussion Jeanette had. Oh, crap, my, my backpack's in the shot. Or the garbage can of my neighbor's is in the shot. When you're, when you're running and gunning, holding it in your hands, you don't see that stuff until you get back and it's too late. And now you got to go do another trip to your house to take more pictures. The last reason to shoot on a tripod is bracketing.
1: What? is bracketing
0: so bracketing is shooting multiple shots of the exact same shot no change no movement you're still on the tripod but multiple shots at different exposures so the the first one will be very dark and almost everything's going to look black but out the windows everything looks really nice and then it's going to shoot multiple shots and at the brightest shot will be blown out everything will look white except for maybe one dark corner that type of thing And then later, uh, either manually, you can do it manually, or you can use a program like Photomatic, which is what I use, that will stitch all of those images together into one image. And all of a sudden, this is when you look out, you look at a photograph and you look out the window and you see the marina, in our case, or you see the beautiful view or the ski slopes or whatever through the window. But inside the room is also bright and light and beautiful. And it is actually, it's crazy how this works, but it is actually knitting together the best shot of each of those into one. I actually shoot seven shots. So when I hit the shutter button and if I'm doing this style of photography, it's like that seven times. And that's seven shots, un, unmoved, no change, all different exposures, and it creates that like perfect Goldilocks shot from those seven shots. You know this instantly when you're looking on Airbnb or Verbo, and you see your competitors have this beautiful view outside their window, and your iPhone shot has blown out white windows. The inside looks good, but you can't see the view outside. That's that's the bracketing effect that we're talking about right there. I usually set my camera to the letter A and the kind of cameras you're going to rent, which are more DSLR cameras, like kind of like what your dad had back in the day, only now digital. They have an A on them. That's the aperture mode. And that lets me control that. The, the point with aperture is for me to control what's in or what's out of focus.
1: Well, why would you want pictures out of focus? No,
0: good, good question. You would not want pictures out of focus. There are times where you will want kind of everything out of focus except what you're showing and you're trying to highlight. So I'll give an example. Let's say you're shooting the little shampoo bottles that we talked about or the you know, the croissant on the kitchen table or whatever. You would probably turn that aperture um, f-stop at that point to kind of make everything else be out of focus except for that croissant. So the lower the f-stop number, it actually opens the aperture larger and then creates this shallow depth of field, which is kind of blurs out the background but if you're shooting a kitchen at that point you'd actually go you'd go the opposite way you would use a high f-stop aperture which would then cause kind of everything to be in focus and that way you don't have a kitchen where part of the kitchen's out of focus and looks like a mistake versus the part kind of where you're standing so it's kind of confusing it's great stuff to learn it'll make you a better photographer in general but that that's kind of where the a setting on my my camera comes in if you will So again, A is for aperture. That's what the setting I use on my camera so I can control that uh, as we shoot things perfectly in focus or intentionally have backgrounds out of focus.
1: Honestly, this sounds pretty complicated to me.
0: It is complicated. And that's why we started this part of the podcast out with go get a real estate short-term rental professional to shoot your place. But we did promise to deliver the process and that's what we're doing. There is a shortcut for lack of a better term, Um, and you've all seen this, Uh, it's something called HDR. It's usually done in the camera, so you don't need to shoot seven shots and be tricky and then knit them together with photomatic and things like that. Uh, You probably have a setting on the camera you rented or borrowed or whatever that says HDR. So do a little bit of homework on your camera. HDR stands for high dynamic range. Nobody cares what that stands for. But really what it is, is it takes three shots, usually, a super dark shot, a middle shot, and a bright shot. It's kind of the three-shot version of what I just described as the seven that I do. And then it tries to combine them inside the camera. It combines them into a final shot that it writes onto your SD card. So when you look back at that shot, it will look... Uh, A little more, not not composed in what you see in the shot, but again, the windows won't be completely blown out, hopefully. And, you know, the shot will look good in general. And if there's a dark corner or whatever, it might have used the lighter one to kind of bring it up. So here's my issue with HDR, Jeanette. Most people that are pro, air quotes, that use that tool, which is a lot of folks based on the research we saw, they just use too much of it. And it looks like some weird filter where everything sharpens up to this unnatural appearance. I'll tell you how you've seen this before, because I promise you've seen it and maybe didn't know what was going on. It might even look kind of cool to you. But what you'll see is anything like wood floors, uh, we talked about wrinkles earlier, they become about five times the, the intensity of what they really are. So the wood grains like just like look like they're two inches deep. The wrinkles are high. Um, maybe the swoosh in the carpet from the vacuuming, that kind of triangular kind of thing, pattern you get. I don't know what you call that. But all of a sudden, they just look like light and dark triangles. It just gets super accentuated. And instead of seeing this light, bright, welcoming, beautiful kitchen or home or family room that you're trying to create, you get this really harsh-looking picture. And it's, it's a shortcut. I think it's a kind of cheating, um, if somebody's going to come in your house and spend, you know, th- two hours taking every room and getting out of there and trying to turn this back to you in a hurry to uh, charge you 150, 200 bucks is all—they're probably doing HDR. And again, if you want to stand out, in my opinion, that's that's not the way. You want these rooms that you and the exterior of your home, and the kitchen and bedroom and everything else, to look like it just came out of a West Elm catalog right? HGTV magazine, you know, think about the quality level that you've come to expect on those type of publications. I know Jeanette, you get all of them. Uh, You know, that's what you want, right? Let's just be honest. That's how you're going to stand out.
1: So keep in mind, you don't want to just take a picture of a bedroom to show you have a bed. You want to take a picture of a bedroom to show you have a really comfortable, beautiful place to rest. So when you look at your pictures, how does it make you feel? How does it look? Um, And then if you don't like it, if you don't like how it looks, change it. You know, maybe you need new pillows. Maybe you need to just iron the sheets. Um, So just, you know, just take a look at it and um, see what you like.
0: Yeah, and be open. I mean, I think it's be open to edit, uh, editing your space. I mean, you know, you might have a brand new Airbnb verbal property, and you've planned it all out, and followed our podcast, and did all kinds of fun stuff. It also could be a five year old home that you're kind of finally getting around to to take photographs on. You know, take the time to Jeanette's point, edit. Look at the pictures. What do you see? What are other people going to see? Because you know these these are going to be up there, Jeanette, for years in most cases on that on that site. Don't rush the process. No,
1: I mean, and this is your first impression, so really think of it or look at your pictures from the eye of a prospective guest. I mean, are, and it costs money, so is it worth spending money to stay in your place?
0: You got to think like the guest. I mean, that, that's I think that's been a common theme through our entire series of podcasts is think like the guest. And that includes looking through the eye of the camera in this case and say, what's the guest going to see? What are they going to see? Are they going to see that, that thing that I wish they didn't see, then that's your chance to edit.
1: Well, and if you show attention to detail, that will make your guests feel better too. If you show attention to detail in the pictures, Mm -hmm. then, you know, they can trust you're going to provide them a nice experience for their vacation.
0: Okay, let's transition now away from camera settings and some of the detail stuff. Let's talk about the time of day that you should be shooting your short-term rental property. It's pretty basic. It's during the day, right? Natural sunlight is your best friend. it can improve the quality of your your photographs of this home. you know if your space creates some sort of horror experience your your the shining was filmed at your home or something hey, shoot at night, that's great. Don't shoot at night for any other purpose, even sunsets and things like that. Those are just pickup shots. Like, like when you're going through your, your property listing, there might be a sunset picture. Number 47 is a sunset out off your porch, but you're showing the space. You got to get them hooked on your space and your, and your home before you, you think you're going to dazzle them with a sunset, because I can go to any stock photo and get a sunset. I don't, I don't need yours. Right? So shoot during the day. Um, however, back to my bracketing and HDR discussion a minute ago. Shooting in the day, almost any time of the day, even sunset, sunrise, all your windows are going to blow out. They're going to be completely like white rectangles. That's all you're going to see. So again, use use the technology and the and the tips we gave you a minute ago, or you or hire a pro and they'll know what to do because to make your space light and bright means your windows are white rectangles. And if you have a view of Mount Fuji out the window, it's gonna be gone. You also need to think about the angle that you shoot from. And again, this might be a, come as a surprise to you, Jeanette, but the the rule of thumb is to shoot photos from about waist level. And what that will do is help keep your walls straight. It makes your space look a little bit bigger because uh, you're kind of coming up from below and kind of coming up on the home there. And again, the tripod that we've suggested you have for the bracketing and HDR and everything else, it also super helpful here because when you're shooting from waist height, most cameras you're looking through the viewfinder, you're going to be crawling around on your hands and knees holding a heavy camera all day. If you're on a tripod, you're still, so you're less likely to you know jiggle and blur. You're you know less weight in your hands, et cetera. And uh, it's just generally a much, much better place to be is, is have that camera attached to a tripod. Now, once you get to waist level, you know, Jeanette talked about the mirrors and we talked about stuff showing up in the shot that you don't want. There are new things you will see at waist height. You're going to see up underneath the counter. You might see up underneath the bar top. There's just new things. And you're actually closer than ever to dust bunnies and dog bowls and all that kind of stuff. So be conscious of what you see through that camera once you get down to that level, because it's not the same thing you see walking around the home, unless you're Jeanette's height. Take lots of photos, guys. So properties with more photos get more bookings. That's just well known in the industry. So the, the rule of thumb that I've read up in my research for this podcast was that at least 20... Is the right number. Um, I thought the max was forty two, Jeanette, but I noticed that some of the ones we looked at today for this uh bonus at the end here was like forty eight plus. So it it appears to me now that they'll let you put up almost fifty images. And I would say do it. Do all fifty. This means having, you know, the interior stuff that we're gonna talk about in a minute, but also your exteriors. And if when you have fifty images to work with, you can show the picture of Mount Fuji that maybe they may or may not be able to see through the window or the clubhouse in the place you are. And, you know, if you have a pool or a hot tub or whatever, you have something unique, absolutely make sure you shoot that. That that would be a complete missed opportunity if you don't. We even, we even shot our kitchen with all the cabinets open so that people could see the, you know, back to the thrill of abundance, which was one of our podcast bonus episodes, was they could see how much stuff we had in there with those cabinets open.
1: Oh, wait, wait a minute. We shot... First, the kitchen as a beauty shot. And then we opened up the cabinets and took another shot. So one's for prettiness and then the other one is for function. Yeah. Practicality.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That That's a good point. And again, when you have 50 images, you can do that kind of stuff. Maybe there's a drawer with, uh, you have all the bar tools uh, for the for the bar area in the, in a drawer. Open the drawer, show it, then show a picture of the bar area and then maybe show a cocktail next to it. You have the room, you're creating that, that dreaminess for that experience is what you're trying to get folks to click, you know, I'm going to reserve the space now. That's, that's what we're all here for at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. One of the pictures I liked that I saw online was they had like a little, uh, outbuilding and it it was full of pool toys and set boards and, uh, beach chairs and things like that. So it shows, Hey, look at all the cool stuff we have for you. And this is where it is. And it just made a cool picture.
0: So editing your photos, you will need to edit these photos. Again, we're assuming that you're doing this work yourself. Uh, that's the whole second half of this podcast. And so there'll they'll need to be some work done on those images. You're going to need to color correct them because even if you set your camera at the right white balance, which we didn't really talk in detail about, but you're still going to need to push that around, warm it up, cool it down, whatever, to make it look more natural make it look more real. You know, make it look like it should look when they arrive at your home. It should be what they expect. However, heavy editing or bad Photoshop work it kind of makes the viewer, the, the person on your site, wonder, like, what, what, are you, what are they doing? What do they take out? We saw one uh, today in our, for our bonus in a few minutes um, where they had, like, very poorly masked out the windows and then, like, put something else in the view. It's probably the same view, to be honest with you. But they did it manually in a way that it was super jaggy, and they missed areas and everything. So I don't know if that's really the view. Maybe the view is of a of a you know a nuclear plant. I don't know. So don't don't do things that don't look natural because you will immediately have somebody's radar go up. Like what are they hiding? I have lots of choices. Why am I going to go to the one that's doing a bunch of Photoshop work? You know you wouldn't do that on your on your uh, Match.com. Why would you do it on your Airbnb? Now, there are also resources like Fiverr, that's F-I-V-E-R-R, two R's, where you can hire professionals to do this kind of work for you. So, I I did a little research today to just see what it ran, and uh, I found a guy on there. They'll do 125 images, all color-corrected and cleaned up, sharpened, and looking beautiful in in Adobe Lightroom for 25 bucks. So, if you don't hire the photographer... But then you take all the images, you send all those images to them, you know, put on your Dropbox or your Google Drive or whatever. And then this guy takes 125 images and makes them look beautiful for 25 bucks. That's pretty good buy. Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R dot com.
1: Okay, so maybe we should now talk about how we should highlight each room.
0: So in the bedroom, I I think that may be, when it comes to short-term rental, one of the most important rooms to showcase in your photography. Not that you need a ton of pictures, but you got to have them in there. People want to understand what they're getting into. What are the sleeping conditions and situation? Where's Sally going to be? Where's little Billy going to be? You know, everybody's got their own story, but they need to know what they're dealing with, what the card, you know, what are the cards they're being dealt so they know how to play the hand, right?
1: Yeah, make sure it, it looks nice, you know, make sure those cute decorative pillows are all arranged nicely. And, and then also, when your guests arrive, it should look like the pictures. So however you take your pictures, that's how your bedroom should be looking each time.
0: So bathrooms... I think bathrooms, the buzzword in, in that room is cleanliness. So show off a clean bathroom, the shower, the sink, uh, if there's a unique feature like an antique tub or uh, if you're doing complimentary, you know, shampoos and things like that we talked about, have all that in your photograph.
1: Yeah. Make sure your towels are nice and neat and folded and straight and, you know, everything looks clean and pristine and unused.
0: Yeah. And since, you know, most bathrooms are really small, you really need to capture the, the fixtures, the comfort and the cleanliness, but you're going to need a wide angle lens to really capture that. Because uh, if you're in there with a normal lens, you're going to see like half of a sink and it's going to look like a tiny little bathroom. Yeah.
1: Make sure there's a lot of light in there too. Light, clean. That's what you're trying to, you know, if you have a, a dark picture of the bathroom, it just, it's never a good look.
0: So living spaces, you know, guests, they're going to want to hang out together. They're going to play games and watch TV and things like that in these communal spaces. So your dining room, family room, kitchen, they, they need to be staged where it's almost like you're selling the property, but in that short term rental mindset, because, you know, you're selling the idea what it's like to be at your home.
1: Yeah, you want to show them how to use the space, right? So if if it's a living area or a game room, you know, in the game room, show your games, you know, show where your games are. Maybe have a game out, all like look, you know, all ready to go. Like you're playing the game with maybe even like a bowl of popcorn or something like that. Help them see themselves in your space.
0: Yeah, and here's a pro tip. If you're shooting the kitchen and the kitchen adjoins the dining room, shoot the kitchen in a way where you get a little peek of the dining room. Because then when you shoot the dining room and you show a little peek of the entry, um, and then you shoot the entry with a little peek of the whatever, it helps people understand where stuff is. Because usually, unlike a home, especially a new home where you're going to get a floor plan and see exactly what everything is, in these properties sometimes, trying to figure out what's where and is, that, is the communal family room, is that too close to where baby Billy's going to be sleeping and he's going to be up all night? So, I mean, you're helping your guests make a good decision. And again, grabbing their mouse and clicking on, you know, reserve now.
1: Yeah. And I would say when I'm looking for a rental space, uh, a lot of times it's when we're getting a bunch of family together so one of the things I'm looking at is the dining room is there a big dining table that we can all gather around so those pictures that show the big dining table with the dishes out and you know it just it just says oh come and, and hang out with your family here and that's what's going to sell your place
0: so the exterior of your home is the first thing that your travelers are going to see your guests when they pull up so You know, we've got to, we've got to showcase the exterior, Uh, you know, nice landscaping, you know, make sure you take pictures out there. If you have any outdoor seating, make sure to capture that as well. One thing that I will say that we keep seeing that's awkward to me is maybe eight to 10 pictures of almost the exact same shot of the front of the home or whatever that that's not helping anybody. So this, that, that'd be a stay away, get a really nice, beautiful exterior that tells a story, maybe another one in the back if you have something to do back there, but don't just keep taking the same shot of the front of your home.
1: Yeah. And pay attention to shadows. Uh, When you're taking a picture of the exterior, you got to think about, well, where's the sun coming from? And does it look like you've got these big dark spaces? Um, You don't want that. So I don't know if you're not used to taking pictures uh, you're going to think about these things a little differently now. Uh, maybe take a look at lots of pictures and see what you like and see what you don't like, and you can learn a lot that way.
0: We've seen some pretty bad ones today, so there's no doubt. Amenities would be the kind of the last area I'll hit on real quick, and then we'll jump into some final thoughts here. But on the amenity side, if you have a hot tub, you have a pool, you have a pickleball court, maybe you have an indoor movie theater or a pool table, Make sure to shoot that. That is that is makes your home unique. It makes your home stand out. That's why we're here.
1: For sure. And I would put your your best amenity first. So if you're at the beach, make sure you have that awesome beach shot. If you've got a, a really cool pool in the back, that should be your big shot Um, because you want to catch their attention. You are competing with so many other businesses. So like I said, you want to stand out. So this is the way to do it. And people are busy. And a lot of times they're looking at these things late at night. So if you can catch them quickly in those first couple of pictures, uh, you're going to have a better chance.
0: So final thoughts on staging and photography. So number one, your photographs need to be accurate. You need to tell the truth. Uh, They should arrive with no questions, your guests and no surprises, unless they're good ones, something you left out for them or whatever. And they don't want to feel like they they overshot their expectations because then you're letting them down. That's not good. That starts to show up in your, your reviews and things like that. Also, your photographs are an indicator to your guests that you care about your property. You care about your property. And if you care about it, maybe they will too. Right. So if your photographs make your place look dark and dingy and not clean, my view is the person renting your property, that's not as important to them, and therefore they're not going to take as good a care of your property as well. If your budget allows, hire a professional photographer. It is worth the money. It's worth the investment. We paid $500 for our photographer. That included her to drive two and a half hours from Raleigh to our houseboat in Wilmington and back. So for $500, which is about one night stay at our property, we have 80 beautiful photographs, you know, 45 to 50 of which that are on our listings. It was the single best investment I think we probably made, at least at that time when we were getting listing and building our website and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. When you're choosing a photographer, make sure they've done some short-term rental work before. Look at what they've done, you know, hopefully you're wowed by it and you can't wait to see that kind of work from them on your home. But again, it's different shooting short-term rentals than it is shooting real estate. So, you know, ideally they have shot short-term rentals as well that you can kind of see that they they get it. Nobody's shooting shampoos or bagels at a real estate shoot, they're just not.
1: I really appreciated how much she helped us with the staging process. I bought a ton of flowers and a ton of little props, uh, but I wasn't really sure how to use them all. And so I put flowers everywhere and I thought that they looked beautiful. Uh, and she agreed, but she said, uh, well, are you planning to have fresh flowers in every room? Every time your guests come to say, and I was like, well, no, probably not all the time. And she said, well, then get rid of them. You can have a little bit of flowers out, but don't overdo it and Don't make them expect that you're going to have fresh flowers every time.
0: Yeah, that's great. That was a great learning. And again, she does this every day. This is that advantage of somebody who does this as much as the professional does, that they'll keep you out of some trouble that we might've got ourselves in there. So just take us at heart. We think there's an opportunity for you to just spend one night's rental on a photographer and you will thank us. I promise. Your photographs need to tell a story about the experience in your short-term rental and really, really demonstrate the advantages of your home Over other homes, if you're going to stand out. Okay, guys. So now we're going to just do a quick bonus feature on a. uh, It's kind of an experiment that we did, but it fits right in with the theme of staging and photography today. And what Jeanette and I did, we went onto one of the short-term rental sites that we all know, and we took 20 random listings just right off the top, the most popular, at least as fed to us by this this site. Of the homes here in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where we live and where our short-term rental property is, and we kind of did a little bit of uh, you know, uh, it's like American Idol. We gave a little little review, and I can tell you, not many of these are going to, going to Hollywood. Um, as we went through them, but we, uh, just a couple of stats that I would share with you guys. Um, on average, we rated the photography at a four point eight out of what? Yeah, four point eight out of ten. Okay. But and and frankly, not that we are the best photography that's ever maybe. You know, grace the planet Earth. But what I used is sort of if, if we were the 10, how close did they come to what our photographer did for us? And, and we, I came up with a 4.8. We had some sevens. I think that was the highest we got. Um, we had some ones. So uh, 4.8 on average for that. Um, we also did our best to determine uh, who had a professional photographer and who shot it with their iPhone. We had out of the 20. Uh, homes that we did, we had eight that appeared to be a professional, either from the quality itself or that it had clearly had a lot of editing done at the end, which is not necessarily a great thing. But that means twelve were done by iPhones and things like that. I was a little bit surprised that on average there was thirty-five. Uh, Pictures per listing on average, and some had less. So we had some with 50, I think 52 was the max. So a lot of images. I mean, people are starting to figure out that that makes sense. However, we had a couple. Here's one with uh, house number 18 had 16. Um, that might have been the lowest one. There was a lot in the 24, 25 range. That could be just a function of maybe that was the max at one point, and they just haven't updated it. So that's a that's a story for another day. But Jeanette, just as you looked at these homes, and again, you, we know, listener, you can't see these homes, but Jeanette, what are some of the takeaways that you saw as maybe referenced in the comments uh, column on the sheet you have in front of you?
1: Well, I was really surprised at the lack of quality of, of some of the pictures. And this is not for like the cheaper rentals. These were $500 a night places. And the pictures were terrible. They were out of focus. They were dark um, and they just made me feel bad. And then when we'd hit a house, say like house um, number one, the first one we looked at, gosh, I mean, the pictures were beautiful and it just made you feel excited. Like, I wanna go there. I wanna, I wanna have a vacation there they just, the pictures made such a difference. I cannot stress this enough. And it really isn't that hard to provide those extra good pictures and it will make you stand out.
0: Yeah. House one, we saw that and I was like, okay, wow. uh, Maybe, maybe people are doing this right now. Uh, we gave it a seven, uh, and almost an eight. Yeah. It was clearly a professional photographer and 34 images. That's pretty good. Um, But house number two, the very next shot, Jeanette, was clearly a iPhone or flip phone. It was that bad. And you know when your iPhone has like, you've been touching it in your pocket too much or whatever, and it's all schmutzy and, and everything's blurred out and blown out and looks like you have cataracts. Every shot looked like that. And I just cannot believe that is the shot that uh, the shots that they're using to rent this property out. And that home was like five fifty a night or something. It wasn't like it was, uh, you know, some $99. We, we actually put a minimum of, uh, I think, three fifty a night on all of the homes to make sure we weren't playing unfair, if you will. Some low lights, just really quick, Jeanette. Um, house number 13 had food sh- super darkly shot, but food out, but it was half eaten. So they literally halfway through a meal took the pictures. That was super gross for sure.
1: Yeah. I think I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to show a shot of having a meal on their back porch, but it just didn't work. So, you know, you might have an idea, take a picture. If it looks good, keep it. If it doesn't,
0: Another low light on house eight, Jeanette, we had uh, literally no furniture in the entire home.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not going to work for a rent.
0: How would anybody know what to do, what to expect, how much room there is at the table? So I'm going to assume because it was like $500 a night um, and it wasn't that new of a listing that by now they have furniture if they're renting it. That's just a guess. So take some new pictures. Why do you have a listing with no furniture in the entire home? That's just absolutely blows me away. Yeah.
1: And I didn't do this. You did this part, but is it hard to upload pictures? I mean,
0: no, it's not hard at all. I mean, the, the hard part is what we've been talking about all day, which is staging, taking the pictures, editing the pictures, loading them up. You pick, here's the 35 I want to put up and just, you know, count to 50 or whatever. While well, it takes a while because they're big to get up there. And that's the end of the day. So I, I think y'all get the point. Uh, we, we thought it would be interesting, like I said, to just, you know, we, we have the assumption that people are trying to do this on their own and they're not doing it very well. Uh, we use this bonus to step aside and say, look, let's just take 20 homes at random that, that the platform served up to us as the first 20 in our, which is exactly how somebody would be looking for a home. And if you all follow what we talked about today, hire a professional, you know, stage it well and your pictures aren't sevens, they're tens, out of those 20 homes, they're going to click reserve on your property, not on these other ones. Totally agree. So that's it for this week on Standout Hosting. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye for now.